If you've got your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Luke chapter 1, and we'll be looking at verses 46 through 55, and uh, we'll come to a place where we'll stand together and read this together as a church. Uh, But before we get to that spot, I want you to think with me, how many of you have said Merry Christmas a different way after last week's message? How many of you have heard the term Merry Christmas and has provoked what it means to genuinely be merry? Uh, This week is no different, and a lot of times we get this question that's posed to us, and we say, hey, how are you doing? And you go, blessed. You go, what does that really mean? But before we look at that, I just want to give us a reminder during this Christmas season that God's desire for us is different and unique. In Micah chapter 6 and verse 8, it says, he has told you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. Listen, at this time of year, we know what is good. We know what is right. We know what is just. We know what kindness looks like. And we know how to walk humbly with the Lord. But we have to fulfill that. And so this morning, as you think of blessed, as you think of what that meaning is, that means you're rich in something. And so in the church community, this has become kind of a token phrase, right? Blessed and highly favored. Sometimes it's meant that everything in your life is going well and everything's perfect. And so I I love the understanding that how many of you have gotten a front parking space at a place where you're trying to visit? And you look and go, I am blessed today. Anybody with me? Does it have anything to do with your blessing? Or was it really just that they pulled out at the right time? Look, the reality is whatever it is that you see as blessed I love this phrase, heaping helpings of blessings is coming your way. Now, when you think of that, you go, man, I don't know why, but you think, man, all of these blessings are about to be given to me. And the reality is, if we really look at this, it's the Christian version of may the odds be in your favor. (laughs) It's kind of silly sometimes when we think about how we use the term blessing, And so how many of you, after somebody sneezes, say, bless you? Now, it's changed since COVID, and now every time somebody sneezes, I go, COVID? Like, I I don't, does anybody else do that? I don't, is that poor humor? I, I don't know what this is. But it's interesting, because why do we say, bless you, after somebody sneezes? Some people think that this tradition goes back to the belief that your heart stops when you sneeze. Has anybody ever heard that? So God bless you is I hope your heart starts again. So next time somebody sneezes, you go, hey, I hope your heart starts again. And they look at you like, what did you just say to me? Some say that the tradition started because in the Middle Ages, people believed that sneezing was expelling the demon of sickness to saying, and so saying God bless you kept the demon from flying back in. Now, I've heard some of you sneeze. It sounds like a demon. (laughs) And some of you may need to be told, bless you, so that that demon does not come back in. Others say that because if you keep your eyes open, have you heard this? Your eyeballs will fly out of their sockets (laughs) and saying, God bless you. I really hope nobody sneezes during this sermon. I'm just saying The reality is that God bless you means good job not letting that happen. Not true. Nobody in this world has ever seen somebody sneeze with their eyes open and their eyes fly out. I don't think. I googled it. 
nowhere on the internet does it exist, so that means it's definitely true. Most likely, it goes back to the days of the Black Death Plague. When someone sneezed, they were immediately blessed so that they didn't develop the Black Plague. But I want you to think this morning, because the reality is when we come down to this understanding, we have to consider, are we genuinely blessed? I think the answer for all of us would really be yes. But how many of you over this past week, over this past one month, have looked at your life and said, I need more. I need something else. I think that somebody else is more blessed than me. And so the background of what it means to be scripturally blessed comes from this. Blessed and highly favored comes from a statement that Gabriel said to Mary when he told her that she was pregnant with Jesus. When Elizabeth saw Mary, she used these words three times in our text. In Luke chapter 1, verse 42, verse 45, and 48. And listen as I just read these together. In verse 42, she says, And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. In verse 45, this other expression of blessing, she says, And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. In verse 48, this carryover theme of being blessed, where it says, For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant, for behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. So the reality is, what does this mean? People get this confused all the time, and we ask this genuine question, why isn't God blessing me? Now, it's interesting that I haven't given a connotation that goes with blessing just yet. But most of the time, when we think of blessing, we think of money or possessions. It's the immediate go-to for us. Man, I'm blessed. I received a bonus. I'm blessed. I worked more hours. I'm blessed. I got a raise. I'm blessed. I'm this. But it's always most likely associated with our financial status. For some, we've gone through really tough situations where they're wondering, why am I going through this? Why don't other people have to go through the things that I'm going through? And the reality is this. If you will capture the meaning of blessed, you will have have captured the heart of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's how important this token phrase is. And so at this point, I'm going to ask you, and I know that this isn't a common practice for us, but I'm just going to ask you to stand and read this, this passage with me. It'll come up on the screens that are behind us. And I know that this is a little bit traditional, uh, but can I give you just a a, a genuine Jeff Hubbard understanding? Christmas makes me always feel a little bit more traditional. Anybody with me? So it's, I go back to my childhood and all those things like that that come with it. Uh, So indulge me this morning and read this with me aloud. In Luke chapter one and starting in verse 46, says, and Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. 
He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, to his offspring forever. Let's pray. Dear Father, as we look at this song that Mary sings, that Mary cries out, understanding how blessed that she is. Father, may we look internally this morning and see how blessed we truly are. Father, in the midst of a world that has so much negativity, so many things that are happening, Lord, we need to know that we are blessed by you. Father, may we bring glory and honor to your name this morning. In Christ's precious and holy name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may take a seat. This morning, based on this song and based on this understanding of Mary singing these words, I want you to look into a few questions that we need to consider to find out what her blessing was and how this is attached to us. It's interesting to me because uh, sometimes I break out into song. Now, how many of you hear a Christmas song and just start singing? I mean, just the words to it, just, I mean, they bring joy to your heart. You sing loud enough to annoy your kids and the whole world. It doesn't matter who hears. You just hear this song and you begin to sing it. Look, the reality is that Mary understood a blessing in her heart so much that she began to just sing a song. And it's captured here for us in Luke that this song would express how blessed she is. Now, I'll be honest, I'm not a songwriter, I'm not a singer, I probably, the, the best thing that they could ever do in this church is make sure that my microphone is not on while these guys are singing. Thank you. Those are the, it's why I sit on the front row. Nobody can hear me sing up here. I sit by the drums because it drowns it out. Like, this is me showing the love of Christ to you, but I love to sing. Mary, after she's told something incredible, comes up with a song and just begins to sing it. So a couple of questions to consider. Would you have thought about Mary is blessed? Look, when you think about telling a 17-year-old that she is pregnant by God, is she really blessed At this point, let's take into consideration the outside world's perspective. Her reputation was ruined. A teenage girl out of wedlock in that culture was a serious scandal. The fact that she was engaged to another man made it even that much worse. We talked about this just a little bit last week. Can you imagine Mary going to Joseph and saying, hey, I promise you, I did not cheat on you. I've devoted myself to you, but God has appeared to me and now I am with child from him. Joseph wrestled with that. Realized that when she was writing this song, the angel had not appeared to Joseph just yet. Imagine that Joseph was still in the dark of what's going on. So this 17-year-old had now lost the love of her life that she was devoted to, that she was going to be married to. And he lovingly turned his back on her. 
Do you look at her and say, man, look how blessed Mary is. Understand that God did this to her. You imagine being in that situation and looking to God and saying, thank you so much for blessing me with all of this chaos around me. She was poor. In scripture, it documents that she was so poor that they could not afford a lamb sacrifice. So the priest gave them concession on the two turtle doves. Imagine she had nothing. This wasn't that God had given her this financial status and she was pouring out going, I am blessed. Look, having a child is no easy task. I don't know from experience, but I've heard it's awful. I'm looking at this child going, wow. Singing a song of blessing. Imagine a 17-year-old with this weight. The maturity, understand the, 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 just the innocence of looking and going, I'm not sure that this is how I planned my fairy tale wedding to be. An honest evaluation. If you're looking at the externals, would you have considered yourself blessed if you were in Mary's situation? The reality is that she is crying out that she is blessed in the midst of so much chaos. The second question that we need to consider is this. What was the nature of her blessing? And this comes in two ways, in two forms. The first thing that was a blessing to her was the presence of God. Listen, as you read through that song, you recognize how many times she puts it out, puts out, put that, puts out that understanding. Notice how much she speaks about God in the first person. He has looked upon me. I was hungry and you fed me. I was lowly and you exalted me. Do you know that the reality is in her situation, her circumstances did not change. She was still just as poor. She was still just as lowly, just as humble. There's a few attributes in verse 49 and verse 50 that portray and reveal what the gospel message is. Verse 49, he says, For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and his and holy is his name, and his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. The first term that we see there that reveals who God is to her is holy. There's a misunderstanding in the church community that holiness means that, that, that really this means ultra religious. That holiness is this status that you get to or the status that you understand. And Mary reveals this in her life and we get this meaning here. The meaning of holiness is this, wholeness. Catch that. We are made whole when we know Christ. I love the understanding that's explained by Louis Giglio many, many years ago that we have a God-sized hole inside of each and every one of us. And we can look to fill it with everything in this world, but it will not 
satisfy. The only thing that will make you whole is knowing God. The same way that Mary understood this, she was crying out saying, I am blessed in the midst of a teenage pregnancy. I am blessed because God's presence is with me. Second thing that we see in that passage is that he is merciful. Mercy means that God looked on us and had compassion. Isaiah explains this, and I love this context that Isaiah gives. It's like a mother that looks to her child, looks to her baby. It's like a father who wants to take the pain away from his child. I remember one of the most tragic things that I ever had to do was take my daughter to go get her shots. I remember sitting in that waiting room, waiting to be called for Caroline. And as I walked in there, Caroline's excited. She has no idea that a needle is about to poke her. We're laughing and playing and kind of gets a little serious because we kind of get a little still. I remember this lady that put this needle in my child. I remember the delayed cry that Caroline gave and she looked right up at me in the eyes and it's as if her eyes said this, why would you let this person hurt me? Now my daughter's got shots, I'm in tears and I gotta walk out of a a doctor's office. She's crying, I'm crying, can't get a donut quick enough. Mercy comes this way. And I love that Mary cries out that God was merciful towards me. The third thing, and actually in the first in the context, is that he is mighty. Look, the reality, and I love how J.D. Greer puts this. He says, because he is holy, he had to do something about our sin. Because he's merciful, he wanted to do something. And because he is mighty, he is able to do something. Look, the reality is that none of us can save ourselves. It rests solely on Christ. And Mary understood that in this outcrying of a song, she wanted everybody to know that God was mighty and that God was merciful and that God was holy in this. And I think this is hard for us to reconcile sometimes when it comes to the topic of being blessed. And look, let me speak just candid for a second. There's a problem within Christianity today, and it's called the prosperity gospel. Look, this is doing so much damage to our faith Because there's preachers that will tell you, hey, just pray and just send money and everything is going to be okay. Now look at the instance of Mary. (laughs) I'm not sure a prosperity gospel that talked to Mary at the end of her life, she would go, hey, it's exactly how I planned it. Look, being blessed has nothing to do with our financial status. Being blessed has nothing to do with catching a front row parking space. If we're looking for financial gain from God, we've missed what the gospel truly is. 
Look, the reality is this. If the prosperity gospel were true, all of the Pauline letters need to be taken out. A guy shipwrecked, beaten within an inch of his life, put in prison. We've got to stop telling people that God is a fairy tale that gives you all of these wishes that you want. God is the one that makes you right and holy and forgiven. Second thing that we see in this is a promise that comes with this. In Luke chapter 1 and verse 54 and 55, says he has helped his servant Israel in remembering of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. This promise that was given, Mary was seeing it unfold. At this point in their faith, it had been 400 years since God legitimately spoke to them. Imagine that. Silence from God for 400 years. The understanding is this, that God had not forgotten his people. You know what happens when we start to look at the blessings of others? We feel forgotten. Man, look, and I'm a middle child, so I understand being forgotten. Anybody with me? The older one gets in trouble, the younger one gets everything, and the second one they go, Where is he? So many times we forget. We look to ourselves and we feel forgotten. Can I encourage you? Mary was insignificant in most circumstances. But God didn't forget her. All of us feel that way. But God never forgets us. He always fulfills his promises. The blessing is what God is making you into and the knowledge of Jesus that he is bringing others through you. The third question is this. What was the basis of her blessing? Do you realize if you read over this song, there's very little about Mary. The song is about God. It's not even about her. I love what she says in verse 46. My soul magnifies the Lord. Imagine that. In the midst of all of this, my soul magnifies the Lord, not herself. She wasn't looking going, I'm going to be the mother of Jesus. My life is going to be perfect. Everything's going to be handed to me. I am going to have a kingly lifestyle. The blessing wasn't about her. And the fourth is this. Are you living as one that's blessed and highly favored? Notice this. In Mary's song, those whom you would think of as blessed are not. I love what he says in verse 51 and verse 52. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. Those that are prideful, those that are portraying going, look at me, look at me, look at how blessed I am. He says, God does something in them. He says, he has brought down the mighty from their thrones. Love this quote from J.D. Greer. It says, there's nothing wrong with dreams, riches, positions of power. The problem is, 
when you magnify them, when they become the source of your delight, your source of identity, your source of pride, at that point, you have given them the glory. So let me close with a little bit of a reality check. Whatever you magnify, you rejoice in. Imagine this. An old man may not give two cents about the gospel, but he sure knows how he feels when his grandkids come over to his house. There's men who sit through church services absolutely unmoved by songs and teaching. You're only here because your wife demands it. But this afternoon, you'll leap off the couch when your team scores a touchdown. Don't think I'm just hitting the men. Here we go, ladies. The guy said, come on, good. Your lunch is going to be fun, brother. Young women here who feel complacent when they read the Bible, but light up when there are sales at the mall, who will look for hours online at clothes that they can't afford, but can't spend 15 minutes in prayer, talking to the God of all surpassing glory, who has given himself to them in Christ. Listen, we have to look at the thing that blesses us the most, Blessing is not a status or or a comfort level. Mary gives this in a clear picture and a clear understanding that blessing is about what God has done. So I ask you, when you think about being blessed, are you genuinely blessed? The starting point to this is having a relationship with Christ. Mary knew who God was. She completely placed her faith and trust in him. Maybe this Christmas somebody has brought you into this place or God has brought you here just to hear that message. And it starts with trusting him, knowing him, and beginning to live for him. So let me close with this final thought. Are you blessed and highly favored today? God's presence and promise are with you. Truly, that is all you need. Being blessed is not based on your circumstances. So I think this has to transition some of the conversations that we have. It's interesting that as we gather for Christmas, we gather with family and friends and people that we're close to. And sometimes the conversation goes this way. How are you doing? Oh, man, let me tell you, it's been a rough year, inflation, and just everything that's gone on, and my kids are crazy, and I mean, just all these things can come with this. And what that shows the outsiders around you is that your blessing is contingent on what's given to you and how things go perfectly. Instead, the conversation should look like this. How are you doing? I am blessed this year. Do you know how much Christ loves me? I continually fail 
and he's never walked away. Man, how are you doing this year? Oh, I'm blessed. Oh, really? Did you win the lotto? No, I know who God is. And I've placed my faith and trust in him. So I challenge you this Christmas. Somebody says Merry Christmas. You know the reason to be merry. When somebody asks you how you're doing, your first word is this. I am blessed by God. Not just because Pastor Jeff said so, but because you spent time with the Lord and you know who he is. The worship team is going to sing a song. And it's always interesting how this works. To give you the full example of how God works is an incredible picture. Darren had asked uh, Mike earlier in the week about doing a song. Weren't sure how it would fit. And then I send my notes to Mike. He's the one that puts them up on the screens behind you. And I was talking to Mike on Thursday after I'd sent him my sermon. He said, man, I read over your sermon and I had to change a song. He said, Darren was in touch with God more than I was. (laughs) So when we sing this next song, I hope you understand that God is at work in every aspect of your life. That when we sing these words, they're not just words on a screen. It's not just a really talented worship team that's portraying this song. This is God speaking to you, saying, sing these words to praise me. So worship team, if you'll come forward at this time, I want to pray with you. And then we'll go into this song. Dear Father, I, just, I come to you humbled and thankful for the way that you love us. Lord, so many times in my own personal life, Lord, I feel the weight of everything around me. Instead of looking at my life as blessed, when I look at it some other way. Father, I pray that in the midst of Christmas, that we would stop looking for financial gain as blessing and knowing and truly understand that knowing you is the greatest blessing that we could ever have. Father, as we celebrate Christmas, help us not to be distracted. Help us not to look to external things and the presents that we receive and the presents that we give as genuine Christmas understanding. Lord, that every time a present is open, we see the blessings that you've given us. Father, we are blessed because of you. We're thankful. Thank you for giving us Mary's song. To where she portrays your blessing. Father, I love you this morning. In Christ's precious and holy name we pray. Amen.